Hi, I'm Thomas. And I'm Ryan. And welcome to Joni Jams. The only podcast going album by album through Joni Mitchell's entire discography. Today, we're reviewing Joni's sophomore album, Clouds, from 1969. Yes, Clouds. Well, actually, I should say, mm, meh, Clouds. (laughs) I think we're both very lukewarm to this album. Yes, that is, yeah, that's a good way to kind of put our... um, (laughs) our feelings about this album at the beginning (laughs) i so to start i think one thing that's nice about this album is it is joni's breakthrough into the mainstream in some sorts because it's her first album that debuts on the billboard charts actually no song to a seagull did but it i think it debuted in like the lower hundreds like i think it was 169 or something where it debuted but this peaked at 22 in canada and 31 in the u.s which is cool and it's also certified gold mother but none of the singles from it charted because all the singles had already been sung by other artists so yeah that's kind of that's the interesting thing is that this album is probably the only time well maybe a little bit on ladies of the canyon but i'm pretty sure just ladies of the canyon and this are the only albums where she sings songs that have already been covered by like her own song she sings her own songs that have already been covered by other people at this point because at this point when she released this this album both sides now and chelsea morning had already been recorded by other people um like judy collins and um oh my gosh what's his name tom oh i know you're talking about yeah some guy named tom who i don't know what happened to him but he was recording a lot of her stuff he was recording a lot of her stuff in the beginning of this period but um Yeah, after Song to a Seagull, she decided that she was going to, you know, push herself back out there. And then she came out with Clouds, which, you know, this album is not one I would say has a clear, cohesive theme to it running throughout. I think it's kind of like a, hmm, like a miscellaneous collection of songs. I don't know. What do you think about that? (laughs) Yeah, it does feel like it's a very, it's very all over the place. With Song to a Seagull, we had the sides with, um... You know, I came to the city, I came to the seaside for um now I don't think there's even a name for the second side of this album or the first side. It's just all no, there yeah, it's just there's no I don't actually know if she even does that again, to be honest though. I think that might just be Song to a Seagull where she does yeah, that. She splits it, but but I mean other ones, like the next one we'll get to, Ladies of the Canyon. That one, like all the songs have like a similar vibe throughout, and then you know, that kind of theme continues. But this album I don't know. I think that a lot of the songs are kind of either really similar or they're not like, you know, giving a lot. Yeah, <laughs> actually, the bare minimum. yeah, that's actually, I think my biggest critique of this album is that there's some songs, because I've never been someone that will listen to a Joni Mitchell album and decide to put on clouds. That's a very rare occurrence if that happens. Me too. So for a while, a lot of these songs for me, I couldn't distinguish between them. Like, if you ask me to name a line from I Think I Understand, I Don't Know Where I Stand, that song about the midway, I couldn't tell you a single thing. No. But, I mean, I do like some of the melodies on on uh, some of the songs, just not all of them. Some I, are very forgettable. Yeah, I wouldn't be able to distinguish anywhere from I don't know where I stand up into I think I understand every song in between those (laughs) I had no idea I was like what I don't know because I really honestly like I'd listened to clouds before like I've done like little listens to it but I never like you said I never go back and I'm like I really need to just get into clouds right now it's just not 
it's not my uh my vibe but the final few songs and the first two songs I think actually are really good I think those kind of save it because if those songs weren't there then this album would be a mess <laughs> yeah I agree I think those are the those are the most easily distinguishable because they all have different vibes from the rest of the especially the middle of the album that is a that's a little hard to get through for me. I don't know about you, but sometimes oh. I'm just sitting there and I'm like, is the same song still playing or no? Yeah, it was dreadful. I have to be honest, you guys. I was like, we're doing the Lord's work by going through this because <laughs> that middle part was hard. I was like, how much more can I pull out of this? I was like, I don't I know, know where I can pull out of a song. Like, I don't know where I stand. I don't know. She's um, in a lot of standing on this album. She was standing a lot of places. I feel bad for her legs. She's definitely really tired. Um, but she does, this is continuing her streak. She goes, um, song to a seagull. Then a year later, she releases clouds. Then a year later, she releases ladies of the Canyon. And she kind of keeps that streak going for like every year to two years for an album for like the next, what, 10 years. Yeah. I think even still is, wait, was wild things run fast. Is that 81 or 82? That was, I think 82. So that Mingus was was 1979. Yeah. Yeah. So she kind of, so that's what, like the 80s is when she starts facing them out a lot more, but this, this next decade kind of is, you know, just, just never stopping. Yeah. It's <laughs> like Lana. Truck, like, another truck, another truck, plane. <laughs> <laughs> it's like what Lana's doing. I mean, I'm not trying to compare them, but also like, it's, I feel like she's the only person that consistently releases like an album every year or every two years. Yeah. Without oh, yeah. taking a huge break. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Like, I don't, I can't think of anyone else who does it, or at least does it well. I mean, there's some artists that release a lot of albums, but they're like, you know, they're mid. They're, yeah, they're not too great. No, um, but yeah, I guess Lana is probably, I mean, I hate comparing other, like, women to Joni. Like, I hate doing that. Like, you know, like, oh, she's so like Joni. But, like, I would definitely say that Lana is probably the closest thing we have, at least lyrically. I, I agree with you, but gays on Twitter will not, so. They will not, but I don't care. How about that gays on Twitter? We don't <laughs> care. <laughs> Keep trying. You guys try, but I just cannot. I can't. <laughs> I just can't. Um. Okay, some, some things I wanted to point out before we began going to the songs is that, so this album is um, the first album that she has her really long time working with um, engineer Henry Louis join. Who Joni loves. Joni only speaks super highly of him. He helps her out a lot. I'm pretty sure a lot of the experimentation and stuff she does over the years, he's, you know, a big part of it. Um, and this album is not engineered by a Crosby, which, yeah, I mean, yeah, thank God. I, I actually think this album would be worse if it had had that same kind of song to a seagull sound. Like song to a seagull, those songs make sense with that sound, but these songs would be hard. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. I would be put to death if uh if I had to sit through David Crosby's production on these songs, especially the I don't know where I stand to I think I understand. Oh my god, that's like half the album. <laughs> or like the half <laughs> the album is not the best. Well, um also this album is um she's still definitely I think that this honestly is the height of her like folk sound. I think this album is definitely like her most like folk um simplistic kind of vibe 
I don't really like Ladies of the Canyon. The, there's like hints where you can tell she's reaching towards a, something a little bit different. I think that's probably because she starts playing piano again, yeah. which like that changes it up for her. But this album is like full on, you know, the folk oh. fantasy. I think it's so interesting because I read something where Joni said she didn't consider herself, she didn't consider this to be a folk album necessarily. She said she was only a folk singer until 1965 and then she started writing her own music. And then she's like, my my first two albums aren't really folk, but I'm listening to this and all I'm thinking of is, girl, this is folk. Even she's a liar. Songs, it's folk. I mean, I think she's just so dissatisfied with that label on herself, but still. She, <laughs> she doesn't, yeah. She doesn't like the label of a folk singer because I think it represents like, I think to her, the label folk singer represents someone that like, isn't, I don't know how to describe it, like isn't like a musician. I think she considered, I don't know if she like looks down upon folk singers, but I definitely like think she, it's an audience she doesn't want to associate herself with. I think she thinks of herself more as like a jazz player or something, you know? Definitely. Yeah, she sees herself as more of a composer. Yeah, which I mean, she, I think she is, but this album is not one of those examples where I would say like, oh, Joni Mitchell is at her most musically beautiful, like most, you know, different. I mean, but can you imagine, I was thinking about this while I was listening to the album. I was like, in just like a six year shift, the place she goes from clouds to like hissing of summer lawns, you're like, that is a different artist. Like that, that is not even the same woman. Like- they're just so different. I wonder what it was like to be a Joni fan, especially like someone that was a very loyal fan of hers, because you, if someone started listening to song to a seagull in clouds, it's so wildly different from court and spark and hissing and Hajira. Yeah. I wonder if that's why she wasn't necessarily as popular. I mean, obviously when you experiment that much musically, you're not going to be popular. Yeah. But I, I wonder if people weren't loyal to her musically because of that. Oh yeah, I'm sure that uh, that had a lot to do with it. Like I can only imagine that her, um, I don't know, her like audience was like, what the hell are you doing? Why aren't you just writing every album with, but the problem is like even artists that don't experiment and put out the same thing every year, people get bored of that. Yeah. So it's like, you just can't win, honestly. <laughs> people just like, they just wanna wanna fight over everything. I don't know, I think that, this album is probably, I don't know. I would put it, if I, I had to rank all of Joni's albums, I'd probably put it in like my bottom bottom half. Oh, definitely, me too. I yeah. Think it's, I don't know, we ha I, don't, I haven't ranked them in a very long time, but usually Clouds is always somewhere behind number 13. Yeah, I think 19. that's the last episode. We're ranking them. Yeah. <laughs> We're going through and I'm like, <laughs> Spoiler okay. alert. Well, oh, sorry guys. No, I don't. That wasn't planned. Um, no, I I actually like listening to Dog Eat Dog more than I like this album. Whatever. No, I actually agree with you. I was hate me for that. that. I was I was gonna say I was gonna start this by saying honestly, I would rather listen to Dog Eat Dog than Clouds, which says a lot. So yeah, that does say a lot. Maybe it's just where we are, like currently in like our our modern era. I don't know. Like an album like Clouds is very feels very dated. Yeah, I don't know if it has anything to do with it being modern or just that everything Joni releases is like surpassing this kind of. Oh, so Doggy Dog surpasses this? I think it does. I think it's more yeah. interesting. Just like, just like the sound she uses on it. I mean, I'm excited to listen to Doggy Dog again. I always say that and then I listen to it and 
my reaction always kind of stays around the same. See, but, but you didn't like Pirate of Penance, but then when we went over it, you were like, you know what? Maybe I, I don't hate it. You were like, I think I actually like this album. You were like, I think I understand. And I was like, uh-huh, yup. <laughs> and that's what's going to happen with Doggy's Dog. I'm telling but, you. Yeah. One thing I don't understand is this album, Joni Girl. <laughs> oh my God, leave her alone. <laughs> she can't help it. Um, should we go to the artwork? Yeah. Okay, well, so she's holding, which very uh i don't know how to describe it um but her it's very oddly um modeled to where she has her hand like right in a very odd position that i don't know if a hand really could look like that but um it's holding a uh red flower which is a prairie lily which is um has something to do with saskatchewan which is where she's from so that's kind of like a you know a cute little like oh you know like a cute little nod cute little nod to her hometown um this is also the first um self-portrait that she has on an album cover um there's gonna be a ton there's so many either photography or painting but um this is her first self-portrait one and I also um we were talking about earlier we said uh I was like this picture seems like it's what everyone uses for a Joni Mitchell picture they always use this album cover and it seems to just be like kind of her her signature look that people identify her with. I don't know. Yeah, hot take. I don't really care for this painting. I think when I was first listening to Joni's albums and I saw the cover, I was a little turned off and that's why it took me a while to come around to clouds. Yeah, well, she's staring. She's like glaring her big blue eyes at you and it's like, ah. It's like the Mona Lisa on crack. I don't know. Seriously, (laughs) it's really freaky. I mean, it's not a bad painting. I think it's a great, like she's a great painter, but... Dear Lord, it's a little freaky how intense she's looking at you. Maybe she's saying, like, this is me. Like, look at me. We see each other. (laughs) (laughs) One thing I do think this painting reminds me of is the Sensual World album cover by Kate Bush, where she's holding the flower in front of her mouth, too. Um, I don't think I've seen that album cover. Wait, let me... It's hanging up in the back behind me. I I know you can't see it from all the way back there. I see it. I see it. Yeah. It reminds me of that a little bit I don't know if she took inspiration from Joni I know she said she doesn't listen to female artists that much she never was inspired by them but she said Joni was one of the very very few women in music she actually enjoyed listening to so so Kate Bush is also a woman hater she actually (laughs) she is from that statement but she's also done a lot to uplift women I guess so who knows well Joni Mitchell's a woman hater and I will admit that she is but we still we still love her music, even if she's a woman hater. And even if she came out with this album. Yeah. <laughs> even if we'll never listen to it again after this. No, I'm telling you guys, this this re-listening that I've been doing over the past like week, I will never be giving Clouds a listen again, at least for a few a month or t- two. Like I need a break from from this album. <laughs> I don't think I will listen to this again for a really long time. I might I- add it to like a painting playlist, like when I like and making art or something but oh that's cute yeah but in a gallery while you're painting well i don't think i could listen to that song i don't really like that song <laughs> hot take what no, no i don't that's really one like... of the better ones on the middle of the album well the silence is deafening i don't think so <laughs> um <laughs> so should we start should we go out the first track let's get into tin angel honestly okay. I just want to say this before I forget. This song kind of reminds me of 
of I Had a King, just the structure of it. But it also kind of reminds me of Cactus Tree, how she sang in that song. There's all these men in her life, but she's never going to be faithful to just one possibly. Like, she's just having fun. But is I'm, I'm a little confused with this song. Is she basically saying that she's with a man now? And that's why she's throwing out all these, like, Valentines and Scarlet Letters because she found someone to love today? Like, is she going back on that? Is this, like, where, where Cactus Tree leaves off? That's I... I'm a little uncertain about. Well, well, now that's making me rethink what I was thinking about it. I thought that this song was about kind of leaving, leaving, like knowing that there is a risk to being like specifically singular to dating someone, knowing that there's a deep risk and intimacy and kind of like it's a big step. But she's saying I'm willing to take that risk in order to, you know, like she says, like, you know, I'm going to take a chance and say, I found someone to love today. It's like, she's like, I'm taking a chance on this love. And like, I'm not sure. I don't know. I feel like she's unsure about it. I don't know if she actually is as confident in this relationship that she's like jumping into as she might think. I don't know. Cause these, these lyrics sound very, very timid and it's a very quiet song. It's very timid. Like I had a King. You're right. Yeah, now that you say that, I also was thinking when I was listening to this, it can't be a love song, just because it sounds so sorrowful, the strings, the melody, it all sounds kind of haunting again, like a lot of the songs on Songs to a Seagull do. Oh yeah, well this whole album has a haunting quality in some of the songs, more some of the later songs, but this song I thought was very haunting. Do you know what's also kind of interesting is that there is um this and they really have no relation to each other but bob dylan also has a song called tin angel which i think is genuinely hilarious it's not like a cover or anything they just both so happen to write a song called tin angel what's a tin angel I don't we don't know. know is it on the top of a christmas tree i have no idea I don't know. when when was bob dylan's song released i need to look this up right now bob dylan tin angel because if it came out after 1969 then we can confirm what Johnny said he's a plagiarist well <laughs> Bob Dylan is a plagiarist. He stole his voice from old hippies. Or what is it? Old folkies. Yeah, old folkies or something. Oh, it's from Tempest. Oh, 2012. Oh. Girl. <laughs> she see that's wait, wasn't that around the time that interview that came out? That was that was around the time the interview came out. It was around like 2011, 2012, <laughs> 2013. She knew what she was she doing. She was pissed. She said he stole my song. <laughs> she heard the leaks. <laughs> She, she saw the leaked track list on Twitter and she came into that interview mad as hell. <laughs> oh my God. She had a Sarah in her hand and she she went, sometimes I wish I had a character I could live behind. <laughs> Who else here loves when Joni does voice impressions? I love a good Joni voice impression. She does them a lot. Um, I love seeing her talk about any singer. I remember on Twitter, side note, I saw her talk. I saw someone saying that you can actually tell who Joni Mitchell hates because when she digs into someone, she digs into them. Who was it? In Song for Sharon, she mentions she mentions that a woman she knew that committed suicide. Found herself. That was from, a, she knew her because she was dating one of her exes and that ex had been very abusive in their relationship. So then she made a song, I think it might be on Turbulent Indigo, where she basically like cuts into this man and she- Not and to blame. Like, yeah, I, maybe it's that one, but she's yes. gone. Yeah. yeah. And he was like, I didn't abuse my wife. Like she's yeah. a liar. Yeah, and they were saying you can tell that Joni just gets a fun out of like saying rude things about people in interviews and she doesn't actually mean it. Like when she actually hates someone, you can tell that she'll do something like 
that. Which I mean, it's a fair point, but still, it's disrespectful for her to be doing all that. Well, she, I remember there's an interview of her during the turbulent indigo era, whatever that means. <laughs> she doesn't really have eras, but you know, whatever. Um, there's a there's an interview of her and the guy asks her, he says, um, your song not to blame, is it about, and I forget the celebrity's name. He's like, is it about so-and-so? And she goes, let's not play, what does she say? <laughs> She says, like, let's not play, like, guess who with my songs. Like, look at yourself in them. Like, this isn't, like, and I was, like, you know what? I can see that. No, she she's always digging into people. But I, no, I, um, I love when she does, she does a few voices that I really love. Her Bob Dylan voice where she gets into this, like, oh, hippie. I'm talking like this. Then she has her, have you heard her do her Charles Mingus voice? I have, yes. Oh my God. When she's talking about how they met and then she talks about how his wife came up to her and was like, you're that skinny ass, skinny ass folk singer. Folk singer. Yeah. yeah. Or, or she's like, or no, she'll be like in an interview and she'll be like, and Charles said, Joni, I got a song. It's called Joni yes. 1, 2, and 3. <laughs> it's called Joni 1, 2, and 3. And then she does the voice for um that waitress in Last Time I Saw Richard. Where she's oh, like, on Miles of Isles. Wake up now. Getting on time to yeah. close. Please. So that made me think, I know this is completely unrelated, but have you ever seen that interview where she's just, it's so funny because someone will ask Joni a question in an interview and she'll like segue into something completely unrelated. Like I forget what was happening, but there's one from 2013 where she's with her drummer, Brian Blade. And it's like maybe an hour and a half long interview. And she's oh. she like halfway, she reaches into the cig- her purse for cigarettes, but they ask her a question and then she, out of nowhere, she goes, you know, it was awful. They tried to make this movie about me. And I told them, <laughs> Like this movie is gonna be this movie is gonna be awful. It's gonna be shit. And she yes. said, "All you got is a is a girl with high cheekbones." Yes. She's talking about Taylor Swift. You've seen that, right? Of course, of course. <laughs> and she's smoking her cigarette on the stage, and she's like, she's like, and I invited them over to watch this big screening of my thing, and I said, with Balinesian demons. Yeah, with Balinesian <laughs> demons. And she's like, and like this is one of the great scenes, and you guys aren't gonna have a scene like this, aren't you? And they're like, yeah. no. Like, of course, Joni, they weren't going to have a scene of you watching your old videos, like, with Balinesian ghosts. No one was, no, like, that's not the movie. <laughs> that was hilarious. Oh, my God. Can you imagine? I kind of, though, wish that Taylor Swift played Joni Mitchell, because I just wanted, I just need, like, Joni Mitchell, like, 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 I just kind of, like, want to see her reaction to it. I do, too. I think that would push her over the edge, though. I don't know what would happen. That would be, like, a whole... She would make another For the Roses if that happened. Oh my God. Well, allegedly she's making a new album. Whatever allegedly. that means. Whatever that means. Allegedly. There's no way. There's just no way. She can't sing like like she used to. And I swear, if it's an album where Brandy Carlisle is featured, girl, I am not buying that. I'm sorry. I'm saving my coin. No, 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 no. And I don't, well, okay, because wait, okay. Think about it. I'm thinking really hard. Has she ever had a feature on any of her albums? <laughs> I'm thinking- I don't. Shaka Khan did background vocals. No, I'm meaning like a full, like, like a feature in the what we know as like a modern feature. No, she never had a snow on the beach featuring Lana Del Rey. Well, that barely was a feature. That was like... (laughs) That was like literally Shaka Khan's feature on Dreamland, the vocals. Well, I love Shaka Khan's version of Dreamland. Have you heard it at the um, birthday concert? No, I actually haven't. I've never listened to that that where all the artists go and um it's a bad album. But besides the um Dreamland version, she does an amazing Dreamland version with um someone from a band called um I think it's like Los Lobos and they do Dreamland. It's like and it has music because Dreamland doesn't really have music, but I don't know. We're getting off track, but uh <laughs> I don't remember where this started, but 
Yeah, I don't know. Like, I just can't see her putting out another album unless it's going to be like handcrafted by Brandy as like a overseer. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm excited, but I'm also not. I would rather her just keep working on these archive stuff. Me too. I need another reprise albums and I need another all archives volume three. Please, we want the Don Juan's archives. I need those. Yes, but Joni, we need the cover. <laughs> but Joni, y'all better work on that cover. I gave, uh, did I not? Everyone on, tw- on my Twitter has seen that I did give a alternate cover idea that I think would be brilliant. And well, if you're listening, Joni's people, you guys need to look at that because that's what we want. You guys need to contact at 21st Century Hole. Oh, don't, don't, don't say my username. That's so embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So should, should we get into Chelsea Morning now? Unless you have something else to say about Tin Angel. I have nothing. I have nothing. <laughs> so Chelsea Morning, an interesting tidbit. You probably know this, but Bill and Chelsea Clinton named their daughter after this song, but Judy Collins' version, not Joni's, which is okay, I guess, but... Well, you know, I mean, I know Joni, though, knows the Clintons. I've seen a picture of Joni next to Hillary Clinton, and Joni's putting on that PR smile that she does when you can tell she hates the person she's next to, but has a big, like, her, like, <laughs> big grin on. You know what I'm talking about? I do know what you're talking mm-hmm. about. That's why I'm laughing. because Yeah. Know what I mean. <laughs> um, yeah. Judy Collins might as well have just done this album. I mean, like, literally, like, this, this album is Judy Collins, basically. Yeah, it reminds me of how she had that interaction with John Lennon when she met Joni met John Lennon. He said, Why are you giving all your songs away to other people? Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. He, he kind of spilled with that, but I mean, I guess I know what she was doing. This is the only very upbeat song on this entire album. And this is also one of the few songs that got one of the first songs, not you, the first that got me into Joni. That me too. This is like one of my first songs that I ever listened to for Joni. I love this song. I think it's so fun. I think it's like, it has a beautiful melody. Um, I also love the words. I think it has like great like lyrics. I think the lyrics are really exciting and vibrant. They're yeah. kind of, this is like the better version of Night in the City. I agree. And I love that, that little line, the sun poured in like butterscotch and sucked all my senses. I yeah. love that line. It's about, I think it's about her neighborhood in New York City. Yeah. But other than that, there's not too much going on in this song, but I do think it sh- showcases a lot of her lyrical talent to come. Yeah, I, I liked um, it came ringing up like Christmas bells and rapping like pipes and drums. Like that's so like, like that's so like silly. Who thinks of that? I love it. I like, I don't know, it's very lyrically expressive and fun. I mean, uh, it's in open D. Actually, a lot of the songs on this album, well, actually I think two or three are in um open D tuning, which is like, most of her songs in open D tuning are very like, I don't know how to describe them, but they're a lot more simplistic. Um, like I can play this song pretty easily on guitar, which means it's pretty simplistic. <laughs> That's really saying something about my guitar skills, but um, I don't know. I, I, I just really like this melody and oh my gosh. Okay, so really funny story. Not that funny, but whatever. I texted Tommy today and I said, I need you to listen to the last 15 seconds of Chelsea Morning right now. I need you to listen. And I was like, because there is this weird, like, harmony that's off key in the last, like, 15 seconds that is, like, 
that when I hear it, I'm not going to say what I told you, but when I hear it, it is like, oh my gosh, I'm like obsessed. And like, it's so good. You guys have to listen. It's like, how would you describe it? Like, <laughs> it's, I, it's so subtle because I didn't even notice it until you pointed it out, but it's like just this background vocal where she's like, just slightly off key. Mm-hmm. And the one thing I really like about Joni's music is she's one of the very few singers that can do like harmonize with herself or do background vocals without it sounding really weird no it's 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 it reminded me of um in song for Sharon when she's like in the back like or electricity I don't remember electricity but yeah oh my gosh you know my for the roses knowledge yeah you know I have uh that also has a middle section that I just don't love an album with like a few middle songs that oh I'm gonna I'm going to come for you when we review For the Roses. Well, I mean, see you sometime. Come on. Really? That's like, we won't get into it now because we're talking about clouds, but that's one, that's my bottom songs on For the Roses. Yeah, it's one of my bottom Joni Mitchell songs, so. See you sometime? <laughs> it's just like, uh... Oh, okay, yeah. Okay, I, I agree. I thought you liked that song for some reason. No. Oh, okay. Rise I am a banquet stand, stand, though. Where are my banquet stands? Rise up, girls. <laughs> banquet superiority. <laughs> no, no, but specifically banquet your 1983 on the Refuge of the Roads tour. Um, oh, you need to listen to that before we do the Four of the Roses reveal. I will. Take that version out, and you're going to gag. We need banquet remixed by Joni Mitchell we need her to be chart obsessed and start remixing banquet so it goes number one because I'll buy it a thousand times girl if she released anything remixed right now I would literally I would promote it I would put posters up around my campus (laughs) um I would start like selling like body parts to give it I don't know like I uh, we need we need a remix of banquet out um (laughs) we'll just get on that she's Oh, oops. Were you going to say something about Chelsea Morning? No. <laughs> and neither am I. <laughs> I was going to say, hey, should we go to I Don't Know Where I Stand? Because I don't know where I'm standing. I don't know where I'm standing either. This yeah. is a very folky song. I said it's, I my exact words were full goddess sounding. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote that it is very folky and foreshadows with what's to come in Joni's music. I didn't know what else I could say without being mean because it's just boring. Oh. <laughs> I mean, she literally, like, this is her most, like, hippie goddess song. I mean, she says, like, flowers and leaves in my hair. Like, could you not be more folk goddess queen? I don't know. She's giving Midsummer. You know what? I think that that movie was inspired by this song. You think so? <laughs> I'm thinking. <laughs> well, do you know what's really interesting? This song was covered by Barbara Streisand. It was. It was. I could see that. That's yeah. so interesting. Why what? did Barbara decide to cover this of all Joni songs? I don't know. I am shocked and I, I love, I'm a gay man. I love Barbara Streisand, but <laughs> I expected her to cover, I would have expected her to cover both sides now. I could have seen her doing like a big symphonic version of it, but instead she decides to do this one. I don't know. Maybe she liked the melody of it. I don't know. It does have a pretty melody, but my problem with a lot of the songs on this album are that a lot of the melodies are very simplistic. Very, very simplistic. <laughs> and I don't think it showcases how talented Joni is unfortunately and like there's not much we can say about some of these songs because they're just so nonchalant there's not much going on in them there's not much to unpack 
when we get to her later albums, there's so much going on, and I feel like we won't even have enough time to cover the depth of everything. We might have to make them into, like, two-part episodes, like, Pisces part one. We actually might. Like, I'm thinking, like, I could spend a whole hour and a half talking about Song for Sharon, like, going verse by verse and being like, okay, so. (laughs) Yeah, Song for Sharon, Amelia, Refuge of the Roads, Coyote. Stop, 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 please. Well, guys, I am the OG Coyote stan. I don't know if anyone knows this, but, like, I am the only, I am one of one. I'm the only one when it comes to Coyote <laughs> because I have it tattooed on my body. Thank you very much. The Beyonce reference coming out. Exactly. Renaissance is so much better than this album. Oh, oh my gosh. The old days are going to tear you apart for that. <laughs> They're going to tear, yeah. Oh my God. I'm about to, I'm going to get like death threats from that one. They're like, you did not just compare Beyonce's Renaissance to Joni Mitchell's iconic Clouds album. But he did. He did. And I mean, I don't disagree I with you there. Yeah, I can't I can't turn up to Clouds. What? You can't. Not to <laughs> I don't know where I stand. You can't turn up to this. Well. This is a party anthem, girl. I mean, I know, but you know, sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I um, I actually really love the lyric in this song. I know that I miss you, but I don't know where I stand. I think that that's actually really pretty because she's like. She's like, I think I like, I think she's just like, I'm unclear where we are in this relationship and I do miss you, but because I'm so unclear about where we are, I think I'm just going to have to like keep my distance. Yeah. I do like a lot of the inner turmoil that's going on in this song. I think my favorite lyric is the telephone. Even the sound of your voice is still new. Yeah. All alone in California talking to you. She foreshadowed California there, girl. This is also, I forgot to say this, but this is also Cloud's era, Joni, is where she starts touring the entire United States. Like, she goes to California. Mm. I saw she even performed at a bunch of universities near me in Connecticut and, like, around the United States, so. She was looking for you. She was looking for me. Too bad <laughs> she, I was received for another like, 40 years. Where's that twink stand I have in Connecticut? I need to find him. <laughs> <laughs> He's somewhere. I mean, I, I, California will become a huge... It, California is a way more impactful part of her discography than New York is. I mean, really, like, California influences, I'm pretty sure, up to, like, I mean, I don't know. I think everything, California, yeah. everything from this. Canada and California are, like, the two places she considers home. Yeah, so. and Ohio. And Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> She's always writing about Ohio. She always is. She just wrote about the oil spill that happened there, guys. It's called Passion Play Part 2. No, it was Sex Kills. It was Sex Kills, you're right. And the oil spills. Mm-hmm. She put out a second version. She said the Ohio oil spills and sex sells everything. I love, guys, ooh, I love Sex Kills. I love that song. I love it too. Yeah. She, you know what's so funny about that song? I know we're getting off topic again, but she oh. made her rounds with those live performances. She went mm-hmm. on to every single late yes. night show performing Sex Kills. <laughs> hey, it was worth it though. She got the Grammy. This album sold, that album sold really well. I mean, it did. didn't this album win a Grammy? It did. It was, I think, best <laughs> pop vocal album, if I'm not mistaken. They were so scraping. They were scraping. She was eating year. the girlies up. She was eating Alanis Morissette up. Alanis Morissette heard this and she was like, okay, I need to gather up my mall pop and take it somewhere else. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, you know what's really funny is that, like, I can't believe that in the 90s when she won for Turbulent Indigo, that she beat out like Mariah Carey. Oh yeah, that was really interesting. Mariah was pissed. She was sitting in the audience, (laughs) watch the clip, and she's like. (gasps) Really? 
Yeah. But do you know who's cheering her on? Who? Bonnie Raitt. Oh, I love Bonnie Raitt. She's like in the audience, like clapping, and she's like, like, like. Well, yeah, Joni deserved it. I mean, I like Mariah, but I'm going to piss people off here. I don't think she's as great as a, of a songwriter as people make her out to be. No. Like, yes, yeah, she people, has a lot. Of... Wait, do people consider her a good songwriter? Her stands do, just because she's had like a bunch of number one songs. But I mean, if we're really talking, Mariah just throws in a bunch of flowery adjectives into stuff, and then she's like, oh. I think Mariah Carey has a beautiful voice, but... She does. I just don't care for her lyrics that much, honestly. No. I don't think she's a storyteller, which is okay. You don't... Yeah, I mean, like, I think that that's one thing people need to realize is, like, just because your fave isn't a great songwriter doesn't mean that they're bad. It just means that they're not, like, the greatest songwriter. Like, you don't, like, you don't have to be the greatest songwriter, you know? Yeah, exactly. That's how I feel. Especially, like, if I'm going to go to a party or something, I don't I don't necessarily want to hear Joni Mitchell there. Like, if someone plays to her, am I going to be happy? Yeah, but, like, I don't go expecting to hear California or, like, well, <laughs> the last I time turn, I saw Richard. If I was at a party and they turned on, like, oh, what would, what would, oh, my God, if they turn on, like, shiny toys and I was at a party, I'd be like, whatever makes you, mm-mm, whatever makes you. What about Lead Balloon? <gasps> oh! yes wait a minute wait a minute oh my god you guys lead balloon that song kiss my ass i said oh my gosh so good um (laughs) shit i was about to say something what was i gonna say before that what were we just talking about something about how if i go to a party or something i don't want to hear joni mitchell necessarily like i want to hear like Mm -hmm. maybe ariana or like i was gonna say i am like a lady gaga stan hardcore but oh, yeah. I, can, I can admit that Lady Gaga isn't the best songwriter. Like, she tries sometimes. I mean, she has great songs. I know everyone who listens to me that knows that I love Lady Gaga. I love her. She's my number one. But her song lyrics just aren't amazing. I mean, you know. The sound is interesting, though. The sound oh, is always pretty interesting. She's 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 legendary. She is legendary. She she, she is she is the same level as Mother. Really. I love Madonna. I love Madonna, but I do like a lot of Gaga songs. Oh, I saw that. What? I didn't make a face. No one saw that. <laughs> no one No one else can see the face I just made. You don't have to point that out. <laughs> I love Madonna for what she's done for the gay community. I love, yeah. And, I love and a the lot story. Of the, yeah, I love a lot of the those female pop singers that have done a lot for the gay community. Gaga especially. Like Joni. Oh my god, exactly. Two Grey Rooms literally inspired gay sex becoming legal in 2003. <laughs> You're so wrong. Okay, well, okay, honestly, guys, I know we're getting a lot of off topic, but this album doesn't have a lot of substance, so it's okay. Um, <laughs> is Do we consider Joni a gay icon? I consider her a gay icon, just because, I mean, she wasn't out championing gays necessarily, but I feel like a song like two gray rooms kind of shows that she was she was there for the gays she was writing songs about us here and there she was thinking of us i don't think she was homophobic ever like i think she's always been very progressive in her thinking well some are her thinking oh and unless we're talking about race well yeah not race keep race out of that but like um actually you know what she's not been progressive in most of her thinking but in some of (laughs) i know that she did a lot of work for aids in the 90s like she performed at a lot of like aids benefits and stuff yeah i think yeah i think she's i think she's for the gays she's she's a brandy she has brandy with her she's taking brandy around with her now come on she's doing charity 
again, the silence is deafening. No one wants to talk about Brandy Carlisle. <laughs> Love her, but no. <laughs> well. No, guys, the story is really good. I actually was listening to that song. It's really good. Really? I need to listen to Brandy. I've never listened to her. I just, I don't actually hate her or dislike her. No, I just no. think it's funny to make fun of her a little bit. Like, mm-hmm. fun of her. No, I will give credit. My mom is the one who was like, you really need to listen to the Brandy Carlisle song, The Story. And I was like, no. But then I did, and I actually really like it. She's a really, she sounds really good on there. It's just, I think Brandy pre-meeting Joni, I like, but her now, it's a little weird. It's yeah. like a little odd that she's at every event Joni goes to. I don't get it. How do we go from Shaka Khan and Bjork to like going with you everywhere to, I mean, I guess they weren't going with her everywhere, but to Brandy. <sighs> You're asking the wrong person. <laughs> <laughs> Let's bring let's bring Lana around. Let's bring Wiseblood yes. around. <laughs> yes. Oh my God, Joni Mitchell, Wiseblood, and Lana. That's the next single on her on on Joni's new album. The three of them. <laughs> the three of them. Taylor Swift, Elvira remix. I'm wait what? Oh my God, you've never heard of that? No. Taylor always remixes her songs so they can do better on the charts, and like a lot of the time, she would have this female producer, Elvira do them so they would all say elvira remix oh (laughs) sorry i mean i would love okay what's a song i promise we'll get back to this album but what's a song that those three could do together Hmm. would it be a joni song yeah no it would have to be a joni song uh maybe they could do harlem and havana girl um if i had a heart couldn't you see like them no not if i had a heart (laughs) couldn't you see them maybe doing like i don't know why but i feel like they could do like furry sings the blues or something i think that would work lana Lana likes jazz music and i could see wise blood trying her best yeah hmm they could do one of the songs off night ride home because i know wise blood is a huge night ride home stan Ooh, okay. Um, what they about... could do slouching towards Bethlehem or like pet passion play. Mm. One of those really long songs like coming from the cold. Yeah. I guess they couldn't do the one about how in 1957 they held the rulers. Wait, what? In in have you ever listened to coming to the, oh, from the cold? Oh, like, 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 like they, 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 they couldn't they couldn't they, relate to it. Yeah, they couldn't yeah. relate to it. Bonnet well, yeah. wasn't even alive in 1957. I would love like just if they're gonna do an, a song from Night Ride Home though, please just don't do Night Ride Home, please. I've heard Joni <gasps> like sing that song. Well, no, I, I, oh, I love that song, but I just it, just do something like pick us something a little bit more interesting. Give us, give us nothing can be done. <gasps> oh no, she doesn't like that song because L- Larry Klein is like the musical director in that one. Oh, oops, I'm so sorry, Joni. You know her and Larry Klein have a strained relationship. Yeah, I always forget about that. Yeah. Okay. Um, that song about Midway is next. <laughs> oh my gosh. So this is a little bit of a tricky one because it's supposed to be written about, or people think it's written about Leonard Cohen, but David Crosby always says it's written about him because I guess they were they were somewhere together. And she sang him this song and he was like, she was looking at me in the eye and just the look she was giving me, I know it's about me. It's giving the Carly Simon song, You're So Vain. Seriously. Yeah, I don't understand why he thinks it's about him. If he's saying it is, I guess I can't dismiss it entirely. And Joni's obviously never going to come out and say who it's about. 
But I think it's probably about Leonard Cohen because she did meet him at like a festival. Yeah, I definitely think it's about Leonard Cohen too. And just because a couple other songs on this album and Ladies of the Canyon are supposed to be about him. Do you know what's really interesting is that this song introduces a, a metaphor or, or not a metaphor. It's like a just sort of phrase that she uses again later in her career. Do you know which phrase I'm talking about? No, I'm lost. She says eagles in the sky. Oh my gosh. That's from uh, Don Juan's Reckless Daughter, the title mm-hmm. track. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Mother, I literally wrote that lyric down. Can you fly like an eagle doing your hunting from the sky? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I was like, I know she has another song about eagles, but I couldn't put my finger on it. Like, she's so like omniscient. She just knew. She was like, one day I'm going to write a song on a really racist album cover and it's going to be everything. (laughs) It's going to be everything. That title track is addicting. So good. Like, that is an amazing song. Really hard song to play on guitar. Holy shit, it hurts your fingers. It shreds them. Um, oh, oh my God. Did you ever read that? Was it her or was it Jaco Pistorius that was strumming? And by the end of it, their fingers were bleeding. Oh, yeah, that was Jaco. Yeah, that's crazy. Like, it, that's why no, I wouldn't be, yeah. It hurts. It's, it's a hard song to play because it's all bar chords. And like, you're like, oh, it's so hard. Oh my God. Oh my gosh. No, and then Where the guys, the there was a guy's foot who, they had a guy um, who was, oh my god what is the instrument called that you wrap around your ankles and you like jump or like you move around i have no idea it's like those ankle is it the anklet thing with the bells on it yeah yeah and i'm pretty sure he was like in a lot of pain too really yeah there's so many there's so much going on in that song there's gonna be a lot to unpack on that album that's gonna have to be a two episode thing because we're gonna have to do we're gonna have to do a preface a disclaimer get the elephant out of the room <laughs> the preface episode is gonna be like two hours long we're like guys i don't know what else to say but we we cannot control her we cannot control the beast wait so we have to start talking about her music videos from night ride home or chalk park in the rainstorm oh that's when she starts is that with the racism you're talking mm-hmm. about or is that when she starts doing the music videos in general the music videos like the the one with um um beat, beat of black wings yeah girl girl what were you thinking we'll get to it um <laughs> but um this song is kind of like a great I don't like this song but in like in uh overarching view it's kind of a really good breakup song like I saw you tweet cheating once or twice was the gamble worth the price um I like when she's like she's like slowing down I'm getting tired like she's like I'm fucking done with you like leave me alone like you know, I'm tired of the, I'm tired of this corny ass shit. <laughs> yeah, I love the vocals in this song the most. And I yeah. do think it is a good breakup song. I think yeah. she's the blueprint for the breakup songs with, uh, I yeah. can definitely hear, you know, people like Taylor Swift and Phoebe Bridgers in this song. I mean, I hear, yeah, or I was thinking like, I feel like a really beautiful breakup song is, um, well, I don't know if it's really a breakup song, but it's more like a heartbreak song is Blue. Oh, the title track, yeah, to Blue. That's so sad. That's one of my oh. favorite songs of Joni's. Yeah, that, like, makes me, like, really emotional. Like, but, like, that kind of, like, is reminiscent of this, where she's just, like, she's so introspective with her relationship. She's so, like, she so thinks about every aspect of their relationship, and I love that. I love how, like, in-depth in she is with the, like, she's so um self-aware with her own, what is it, like, her own, oh, my God, psyche. Like, she just understands it really well. I don't know. 
Yeah, she's very introspective. But I think yeah. when we compare it to songs like Blue or her other breakup songs, that's probably why we don't care for this album as much, because she literally surpasses it so much. Because this is a solid breakup song. I think if any other artist released it, I think it was like a pretty cute song. I think it would be pretty solid. But then when we say it's like it's similar to Blue, like Blue just blows everything on this out of the water. And so do like a lot of the songs on Ladies of the Canyon, like Willie. Yeah. We'll get to Willie next time, girl. Oh, but... oh, I love Willie. Guys, what song do we do? Well, actually, no, I'm, I'm not asking you guys. You guys don't, I, no offense, but those are our decisions. <laughs> I was going to say, what song <laughs> should we do at the beginning for the Ladies of the Canyon? But that's our choice. We're going to figure that out. Um, Yeah, Um, I don't know. I like this song a lot, but, or I don't like this song a lot, but I think it's, you know, I still think it's a decent song. It holds up in some ways. I think she's cute, but that's as far as I'll go with it. She's it's cute, cute, but yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, now we're on a song that I feel like you really like. I love Roses Blue. Okay, so this song is supposed to be about, I think it's supposed to be about um how people will go and get so infatuated or invested with astrology and religion and tarot cards or magic. And, you know, she's talking about how people will, the fortune teller, whoever, the spirit reader will say, you're going to die here. Like they prophesize their entire life and people will actually believe it. Yeah. She's saying like everything in life is like, hear and say or you it's unpredictable you can't just put everything into that yeah it kind of reminds me of like what lord is saying on mood mood ring like it's kind of like a satire about how people get so invested in these things and i've never i've never heard that song oh really is well, that on melodrama it's from solar power oh well of course <laughs> no, one, no one listened to that album i listened to it but i think this showcases her storytelling and her character building a lot the song because it's supposed to be about you know people who do this stuff so i like the, no i like whatever character she's she's created this like fortune teller i mean but she this is kind of like um when we're talking about like the pirate of penance when we're talking about how like she uses every single um reference to the ocean as possible like pirates wave like and here she uses every single mystical reference possible she's like tarot cards wishy things fortune readers black cards bartering spells <laughs> like yeah she she did a lot here. She she packed a lot into a little because the song isn't that long, right? It's like no. under four minutes, I think. It's All short. these songs are really short. I feel like we haven't talked about that, but these are some very short Joni Mitchell songs. Yeah. yeah. Especially the fill in the drum. That one's not short enough, even though it's only like two and a half minutes. Did you say it's not short enough? Yeah. <laughs> I have thoughts. I have a lot of thoughts about that. But I really like this one. I love her guitar playing. I love the melody. I think this is the stronger one. I think this and the gallery are both the strongest on the middle of the album and there's I think a I really think... good spanish guitar in the background that's being strummed and i love at the end it like all builds it builds to this really high note and then it's like da -da -da -da. like it goes into this like you know sort of like i forget what it's called when you do that but like I, it's like a crescendo into this like big final like boom and i like that a lot i think it's a really it's this is definitely i agree with you a more solid song on this part of the album do you like this song or no no, I like the song. I like the okay. song. Yeah. Oh my god, not us agreeing. No, I like the song. I actually would put this on like a playlist that I have. Like I would listen to it again. Yeah, me too. I mean, even when I have, I do have this on my playlist and I still skip it a lot, but now I'll give it more listens now that I've, I've remembered how much I do like it. Yeah, I mean, I'll give it, I'll give it more listens than I've given it already. I'll, I'll let it have another chance. But um, I will definitely not be giving the next song a listen. The gallery? No. Oh, that's like a great segue song. into the gallery. 
I really like this song. What? No. This is slightly no. <laughs> I think Joni's talking about, like, she's kind of painting a portrait of love and its ups and downs. Uh, it's supposed to be about Leonard Cohen, allegedly. Wendy Williams, allegedly. <laughs> Alleged. There's not, there's not too much I have to say about this song, but I really just love the intro and I love her vocals. When she's like, when I first saw your gallery and all your painted ladies, uh, I just, it's so cute. I like um, when she says, I gave you all my pretty years. Aw, that is really cute. She's like, you used me, girl. I gave you all my pretty flower girl years. I um, like the, how it's very conversational too. Lady, don't you love me now? I am dead. I am a saint. Turn down your bed. I have no heart. I can be cruel, but let me be gentle with you. Well, I think the song starts off with she's like a muse. She's someone's artistic muse. And then by the end of the song, he wants her to be a muse, but she realized she's like, you have all these other women that are your muses as well. Like, I'm not like, like, I, I, I can't just be, I, I can't, I don't know. I think she's just like, I can't be someone's like off night backstreet. <laughs> oh my gosh. Go off. Go off. I know. Oh, I, she can't be a part of their cactus tree. <laughs> I can't. I can't. I don't know. I mean, what I think this song is just really simple. It's a really simple, simply melodic kind of song. And it is very simple. Simple isn't bad. I have to, I'll clarify this. Simple is not bad. It's just, it's not my favorite. It's also that Joni, Joni's music, after this is so not simplistic anymore so mm. when we have songs like this we're just like comparing it to everything else she's done which is maybe not a great thing but it's also hard because we know her full potential like we know what she lives up to afterwards and even on song to a seagull i think this album is a, is a bit of a step back for me oh yeah no song to a seagull is like so much better than this album and yeah. i'm not saying that this album is trash let me clarify <laughs> this album yeah, is this trash, is not but it's just it's a weaker it's a weaker album yeah it's not it's not bad at all by any means i mean i wouldn't say it's even nearly her worst actually i don't know where i would rank it after we listen to all her albums it might be in my bottom Joni mitchell album actually i i don't like shine that much (gasps) oh my god hot take i didn't like shine that much either at first i guess that's not a hot take a lot of people don't seem to love shine i haven't listened to it in a long time though i'm sure when we get to it i'll be like hmm this is you know interesting but i just didn't love it i don't know i feel like her lyrics on it were a little kind of simplistic. Little, yeah, really simplistic. I can see that. I can like, see that. When she talks about like everyone's like zombies. Yeah. Oh, yeah. this the woman at the mall on her cell phone. Yeah. Yeah. Girl, yeah. come on. Like but one what, week last summer. One week last summer is so cute. I don't remember that song. It's literally just all composition. It's just like piano and like some strings, I think. There's no vocals or lyrics in it. I don't remember it. Oh, is it like an instrumental? Mm-hmm. Does it open the album? Yeah, it opens the album. Mm-hmm. It's so cute. I think she has a little poem that accompanies it. I do. I will say about that album is that I do love the Big Yellow Taxi re- redo that she does. I think it's very silly. Really? Mm-hmm. I hate it. <gasps> what? Sorry. <laughs> no no i love it when she when she changes the lyrics to an arm and a leg that's so silly she's she was being silly goofy she was you know she laughed when she did that <laughs> her face she was like 
He was trying to go viral on TikTok. Oh my god. <laughs> He's gonna put that on. Oh my god. Wait, what about when Joni makes a TikTok account? It's inevitable. Oh, she's gonna get canceled so quickly. I mean, the girls won't know who she is, but the second they find out who she is and what she's done, they're gonna cancel her. She's gonna be done for. And TikTok will not spare her. Instagram spared her, but TikTok will not. Yeah, it's gonna be even worse than Twitter. <laughs> My Twitter. <laughs> My Twitter specifically. <laughs> Actually, no. I my Twitter surprisingly and yours as well. We are not interestingly enough only Joni Mitchell tweeters. Like I feel like we tweet about a lot of other different things. We do. That's that's the thing about us. I feel like we're our Twitter is multifaceted. Yeah. So we don't only tweet about Joni Mitchell, because which is I, nice. Yeah, I'm tweeting about housewives. I'm tweeting about um Lana or Gaga yeah. or you know, something super inappropriate, probably. I mean, that's what I'm tweeting about. I'm not like, my top eight Joni Mitchell songs are all, or my top eight songs about me are all Joni Mitchell. (laughs) You know exactly. That girl needs help. (laughs) Get a personality, girl. Expand your taste, mama. I don't know why, but like, Alyssa Edwards arguing with Jade, that always comes into my mind whenever I see her on on, on Twitter. I'm just like, girl... Oh my god, can we get Alyssa Edwards on the podcast? Oh my gosh, we need to. What episode? Maybe like Doggy Dog or something. Yeah. She probably doesn't even know who Joni Mitchell is. No, no. Oh my god. Who's a drag queen we could get on this podcast? Militia Skunt. I don't know who that is. I don't know. She just has a funny name, so I just always bring it up. Um, hmm. Oh my god, Alaska. Alaska would probably do it. You think so? <laughs> I think she would. I think she likes charity work. <laughs> she does like charity work. So well, does Katya. Why not just give, hey, at this point, let's just get RuPaul. We could get Sherry Needles. No one else is booking her. Oh, oh my God. No. I'm joking. We will not. After, girl, we already have Joni Mitchell to be worrying about with those things. I don't think we can handle Sherry Needles as well. We couldn't. No. We could not. Mm, canceled. <laughs> um... So I don't know. Do you have anything else to say about the gallery? I don't. And I don't have too much to say about I think I understand. So let's yeah. just get into that. Yeah. I think that this might be like a one minute sort of like I she's she's I think she's saying like in life I have two choices to either like like walk through it and get over the anxiety that I have about certain things or I can sink and you know crumble to the anxiety like it's either a stepping stone or it's a sinking sand which I actually like that like being mentally ill I really (laughs) I appreciate that sort of connotation but um I don't know I thought it was maybe about her being in the music industry how she's saying like I can either like you know, like use it as a stepping stone to reach greatness, or I can sink in the kind of crap that the music industry has. I don't know. Yeah, I think that I had pretty much the exact same interpretation of it. I literally wrote down song detailing fight or flight and how to deal with your fears. I wonder, like, when you mentioned she flees, it reminded me of how she fled the hissing of Summer Lawns tour and went, that's how she wrote Hajira, right? When she was yeah. fleeing that. And then, mm-hmm. yeah, Mother. That's, that's kind of funny to me. She she always foreshadowing everything she does. She hates touring. I don't know why she tours when she literally hates it. She never has ever had a positive experience touring. Yeah, I guess that's just the way she you made most of your money. I think that was also around the time when she was like a huge cocaine addict, allegedly. And I that's think not, I remember that's her. not alleged. You don't have to allege that. That's true. Yeah. 
she said <laughs> that she used to go to gigs and tell the the promoters to pay her in cocaine. I mean, I'm mother. not gonna judge, but she's kind of mother for that. Mother. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> mother. I mean, I don't know. Well, she says that the Refuge of the Roads tour ruined her voice. Really? Mm-hmm. I don't even know if it was the Refuge of the Roads tour. I think it was just all the, the cigarettes. Well, I don't know. I think it kind of did, though, because she was singing those hard rock songs from Wild Things Run Fast. And I think she did a lot of outdoor venues and like, and like being someone like, like being someone who sings a lot, I can say that like when you like sing outside, there is such a different way. What it does to your voice is completely different than versus singing in like an insulated studio or insulated concert hall. Like it changes the dynamic, but um, yeah. I don't know. It also gets so hard to sing because after you're doing it every night, your voice gets so tired. Oh, and, yeah. Yeah. It's easy to get sick like that. Slowing down. She's getting tired. <laughs> Slowing down. Okay. Well, I don't think I have anything else to say about this song. Neither do I. So, I, songs to aging children. I have up. so much to say about this song. I love this song. I like this one too. At first I didn't, but it's cute. I love the melody and the vocal layering. Yeah, I love this song. Um, it, So this song was used in a film called Alice's Restaurant. Never seen it, but I hear it's, you know, something. But it was used during a funeral scene, which is so fascinating to me that they use it during a funeral scene. Um, But it wasn't sung by her in the movie. They had someone else sing it because like, they offered her some deal and she was like, Mm-mm, you can just get someone else to do it. Like, I'm not covering it. Like, you can't use my real version. Um, <laughs> businesswoman, I guess. But Was this in the 60s, the movie? Yeah, it was in the 60s. Oh, I'm surprised she didn't allow it in the movie. That could have given her more exposure. Yeah, well, she allowed the song. She just didn't allow her version. Her version, yeah. yeah. Um, I think this song is, I, I actually, at this point in my life, I mean, I'm 19, and I personally, like, I just, like, really feel kind of like sad when I listen to it because I feel like I understand what she's talking about being like an aging child like you're kind of like you have to sort of face the realities that adulthood is bringing to you and it's like realizing that you're no longer like a naive child that you once were and I think that there is something really like sad and emotional about that I don't know yeah when I was 18 19 I remember when I would listen to this in the circle game and I'd always get so sad and nostalgic thinking like wow I'm going to be an adult in like a couple of years from now. So yeah, yeah. it does make you scared, scared a lot. I honestly kind of prefer this to the circle game, dare I say. I think it's really cute. And it's also just so unique. And I wonder why this one isn't talked about as much. I know that the circle game is supposed to be like a response to Sugar Mountain, the Neil Young song, mm-hmm. I think. No, you're I right. It's a Neil Young song. But I think this one kind of does a better job a little bit. I like the song more. Yeah, so do I. It's a little bit more haunting than the circle game. The circle game is a very uplifting way to think about aging. It's like there's dreams that are still to come. And this song is almost like you're about, it's like almost like you're an aging child and like what's to come after it is a really kind of scary reality. I don't know. And like she mentions in it, like people, I think like what she was meaning when she says like people hurry by so quickly, I think she's talking about is like, people want to grow up so fast like they hurry by so quickly they just want to like they want to you know become an adult so fast but then like they realize that once they're no longer a child the world is so different I don't know that's kind of what I was getting 
Yeah, especially because you everyone wishes their childhood away. Like how many times when you're a kid you think, I wish I was 16 right now. I wish I was an adult. I wish I was like of legal drinking age. I wish I could just like go and do whatever I wanted right now. I wish I didn't have parents over me. And then you get to like 18, 19, 20, 21, those ages. And you're just thinking to yourself, wow, I wish I could go back and relive the simplicity of those years. I wish I was 17. Yeah, really? I loved being 17. That was like my favorite age I've ever been. Wow. Yeah. Really. I don't (laughs) But I wonder in this this song, she talks about in the tea leaf trance or under. I wonder if it was a connection to the, I guess it's it's obviously not a connection, but it did remind me of the tea leaf prophecy. Oh. The the tea leaf. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That song is obviously about her conception though. (laughs) But maybe like she's saying like, like there's some sort of long prophecy that life has that like I've ha- I've had my whole life you know from that because apparently I mean clearly if the album in the 80s mentions the tea leaf it clearly had some sort of effect on her that she's been thinking about her whole life you know yeah and I'm sure her parents have been telling her that story for years and years watch it not be true <laughs> watch, watch her parents true. have made that up a lot of people, a lot of celebrities will make up stories about like their lives and stuff. I don't think Joni did. I think she was at, I think she was too early on for that. Nowadays, people all, like all these celebrities who get famous lie about their childhoods and how they got famous or how they started to play guitar. I'm a Taylor Swift, but <laughs> other than that. She was poor. She was not poor. I've heard, allegedly. Allegedly, she wasn't poor, and allegedly, a computer repairman did not teach her to play guitar like she said he did. Oh, who taught her to play guitar? I don't know, but she made up the story that some guy came over to fix her laptop or her monitor, and he saw a guitar, and he was like, do you play? And she said no, and then he taught her how to play, and then someone tracked down that computer guy, and he said he never taught her how to do that. He is such a liar, Joni Mitchell. a liar. (laughs) Joni, attack her for us again. Like, yeah. I can credit my guitar playing to my brother and my dad. And that really? is a true story. Well, I've only been playing guitar for um, a full year now. I didn't even know you have a brother. Yeah, I have a brother. He's old. No, he's not that much old. He's like 21. So I think he's, you know. The same age as me. <laughs> he's ancient. <laughs> um, but no, he played guitar. My dad, my dad always played guitar, but um, not like he always was like, I'm not good at guitar. And then my brother picked up guitar and started getting really good at it. And then I started listening to Joni and I was like, well, I want to play guitar because I'd already played piano. And I was like, there's some songs you just can't play on piano. I mean, try playing. I've tried playing Coyote on piano and it just doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah. I It'd be know. interesting to hear how that sounds, Coyote it, on piano. It's not great, but um, yeah. So that's long story short. That's why I started playing guitar, but it's only been a year and I feel like I've actually gotten, I'm decent at it. I mean, I'm not amazing, but it's hard. It's hard work. I think you're good. Thank you. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't think I really have anything else to say about this song besides I really like the song. Yeah. I like this too. It is one of the highlights on this album for me. Yeah. But So fiddle in the drum. Yes. Can we get a collective? Oh my gosh. Yeah. No, we cannot get that. This is completely acapella, right? I love a good acapella song. It's kind of giving Tom's Diner that Suzanne Vega song. Oh, I, I don't think you song. know it. No. Yeah, but it kind of reminds me of that. For me, this is just kind of forgettable, but I kind of like the thing she's saying about America. Like, go off, girl. Spill the thesis. 
it's so prevalent today. This song is like, I've actually, so I did look it up and this song is on a ton of lists of um, the most popular or most important protest songs ever written. It's about Vietnam. Mm -hmm. It's about Vietnam. And it's basically coming from a Canadian's perspective. She's, she's basically, I like it. She turns America and Canada basically into like friends. Like they're basically like people. She makes them into like two people. And it's almost like she's pleading to her friend. She's saying like, you know, what time is this to trade the handshake for the fist? Like what, you know, why are you doing all these things? And so this is why, um, this is kind of what I wanted to talk a little bit. I mean, we're going to talk a lot about it next episode, probably about Woodstock and how this album was released before Woodstock happened. It was released in May and Woodstock happened in um, August. August. Yeah, on August. And um, it's really interesting that this song is so, is it, it fits in that Woodstock headspace so well that like, you know, protest, we want peace. And um, she sang this song on the Dick Cavett show. I think it was the weekend Woodstock was happening. Maybe it was like the day after. And it, it, it's like, it's almost like it was like a culmination of like this, like hippie kind of, she did acapella on the Dick Cavett show too. And like, I don't know, I think it's a really beautiful song. Um, have you heard the um, piano version on the archives? No, honestly, for some reason, I never listened all the way through archives volume one, just because it's so long. I never listened all the way through archives volume two either. I just like would sit and like play certain parts of it, but I never heard the piano version. There's a piano version of it. And it's actually really, um, it's really different. It changes the whole like perspective of how the song is like, it's a lot darker, um, but I really like it. Um, there's another song in the archive. that's also a like political-ish song. It's called Jesus. Have you heard that one? no oh my i God. haven't heard that one either so i need to good. listen no you need to listen to it it's literally so good like she basically makes jesus into like a into like a hippie and she's just like talk and love thy sister and thy brother race and color love thy neighbor like it's like it's so good um, yeah i need to listen to the archives more i mean i do like i love volume two i've heard, no. heard nearly everything on volume two we guys, we will not be going over the archives. I just don't physically think I could do it. <laughs> yeah, that's way too much. Nah, there nothing. there are some great highlights on it. I do prefer. I would rather listen to the archives volume one though than clouds. Hot take, but for but. sure. Um. Okay, and now I think. Do you want to go to the final song? Both sides now. Yeah. Joni's greatest song of all time, according to every music publication. Okay, said no one. No one said that. <laughs> <laughs> it's not true it's her most popular song probably a lot of publications do put it as her best song though well they lied they lied several times they do lie i like actually something i when i was researching this song i thought it was cool because it's written about a novel henderson and the rain king from 1959 by saul blue it also takes place on a plane when he's going to africa and he looks down at the clouds and i think Joni said right when she read that she put down the book and she started writing the song. I Allegedly. Her. I believe her somewhat. <laughs> no, I mean, I know it was... Oh, oh my gosh. Sorry, guys. That was really scary. That was my chair. Um, <laughs> I know that it was written about, like, on a plane and stuff. And I, I believe that part. Um, this is also a song in Open D. It's the another Open D song. Um, and it's just really... I don't know. It's a really great kind of overarching song. Um, I will say this, though. I love 
the version from the Both Sides Now album, the jazz album that she did when she's older. And Joni has said this is this this album is this song is not for a young person. This is not like an ingenue role song. Like this is for an older woman. Um, I know she said she saw um, a singer named Mabel Mercer who was in her seventies. Yeah. Do you know what, sorry? And she's like, and I saw her and I told her it really takes an older woman to sing this song. And then Mabel Mercer was like, an older woman? What are you talking about? <laughs> She must have been so, so offended. Yeah, but, but I, I, I mean, I don't know. I really like Both Sides now. I think it's a decent song. I like it too. I don't I don't know where I would rank it in my Joni Mitchell songs. I don't think I would put it in my top 50, but I do like it. And I think it is one of the better songs on Clouds. I think yeah. it is like probably the highlight from this album. Oh, I mean, it's not my favorite song on this album, but it's definitely a highlight. Like it makes yeah. sense. It's like... And like this goes in, this is probably her first song that we've covered. I mean, maybe Chelsea Morning, but this song especially, that's like her, a big hit song. I know Judy Collins is the one who technically is like the hit with it. Yeah. But I like this version more than I like Judy Collins' version. Did you know Frank Sinatra covered this at some point? I didn't even know that, which is kind of, kind of surprising to me. I don't think I would have pictured him to cover this. And also, I was reading this song has been covered nearly 1,500 times. Isn't oh that crazy? Uh, that's what her website says. Maybe, maybe I believe it. The numbers, I believe I it. Yeah. Oh, I would have loved to hear Judy Garland sing this song. That's how gay. Oh, Judy Garland. That no, that would actually be really beautiful. I love Judy Garland. I love her. She's like she's also in my like queens, my queens of everything. She's in your topster, isn't she? She is. I always listen to her. I always listen to her. Um, I think she could have sang the shit out of this song. Um. Oh my God. Speaking of which, this is such a side tangent. Last night, my parents texted me. Um, they were like, are you watching The Voice right now? No, I wasn't watching The Voice. I was like doing something. And then they, um, and then all of a sudden my, my mom sends me a video and it's some girl singing both sides now as her audition song. I have to tell you something. It was horrible. It was really absolutely. She was like probably 17 and like, she tried to make it into a pop song she was adding a lot of like vocal runs to it and it was like it was ugh, it was rough it was really hard it was hard to no make. girl no why'd you do that but you they liked what? it they did they all like turned yeah you know what got me annoyed one time it was my aunt knows i love Joni mitchell so she's she sent me a link because a few years ago i think it was over quarantine someone on the voice or x factor covered both sides now and she had the audacity to say that it was better than Joni Mitchell's. And I said, you're joking, right? My For some reason, my mom and my aunt hate Joni. Like, they hate her voice so much. My mom doesn't really like Joni either. Huh. They're, they're threatened by strong women. No. <laughs> no. My mom liked, no, my mom liked Joni. But then, like, I started listening to her. And suddenly, I feel like she was like, you know, I don't really like Joni anymore she was gatekeeping her from you she, she was no we love my mom but like she i don't know i think she just liked blue i think she just liked some of the songs on blue i don't think she was anywhere near a stan but that's better than my mom my mom doesn't like a single Joni song my dad was kind of like okay with her because he liked a little bit of folk music but he was more of classic rock kind of every time my dad spells her name he spells it like always wrong he always spells really it. he said he spells it like j j o a n i e and then like mitchell he usually messes up too oh my gosh that's so funny when i went to when I went to Barnes and Noble, they have Joni Mitchell books there sometimes because she has like, you know, The Reckless Daughter by David Yaff. Great and book. Then, 
yeah, a really great book. Highly recommend it. And um, there's like a, other little stuff she has there. Like there's some of her early drawings. There's other biopics about her. But the guy kept calling her Johnny Mitchell. <laughs> and I was getting so annoyed. Her name is Joni. It's Joni. <laughs> it's Joni, not Johnny. She's a girl. Or Joan or Roberta. We'll take or Roberta. Roberta. We will take Roberta. Roberta Joan Anderson. No, I think I probably annoyed my honestly, like my stand-up sessions get crazy. I probably like my poor family having to go through all of my standing. Like they I feel <laughs> bad for them. Like they always support me, but like I feel so bad. Like I'm like, I try to like, I like have to make like they like the way that they, they have to sound interested when I'm talking about like Joni Mitchell or Lady Gaga again. They're like, oh. Oh, oh! That's my family's reaction too. <laughs> I'm like, no, guys, like, come on! And they're like, okay. And I mean, I I love that they're that they will support me, but I can tell that they are not fans. They'll be fans one day. No, my mom likes Lady Gaga though. She does. Yeah. Oh, she's progressive. Queen, queen, queen mother, queen mother. My parents are both king and queen. We love them. Love them on this podcast. We love all of our parents. Do we? I don't know. Your look, the look you gave seems... Wait, really? You gave a you gave a suspicious look. I love my parents. They're very supportive. Most of the time. Oh, okay. Okay, <laughs> well. Okay, so um, that's the album, you guys. That's Clouds. We, we didn't give Clouds probably the respect it deserves, but, you know... Apple Music gives it the respect it deserves. It has it as an essential Joni album, even though I don't think either of us think it's necessarily an essential Joni album. No, Um, definitely not an essential album. But then again, neither is For the Roses. No, For the Roses is an essential (laughs) album. I will die on that hill. It's not essential. It's a transitional album. It's still essential. No, no. It's still essential because it's transitional. What if they didn't have Hygiera as an essential album? I would be so upset. There was a time a couple years ago where my Apple, I don't know if my Apple music was glitching or there was something wrong with her profile, but every day there would be a new Joni album as her essential album and it would only be one of them. So at one point there was, it was just Clouds and then the next day it was just like Ladies of the Canyon, the next was Blue and it kept doing that like all the way up to Mingus. So at one point each one was her essential album for like one day (laughs) and it was annoying me so much. Oh my God, Gone Wands being her essential album. I don't I don't know if that one was ever there, but Mingus was, and that surprised me a lot. But I think that should be an essential Joni album too. Don Juan's on Apple Music. If I look, they like actually criticize it. Like the Apple Music like summary before it, they like say bad things about it. They're like, this album is so offensive on so many levels. Well, they're like, this album cover is so offensive on so many levels. Oh my god, can you hear the sirens? No. Oh girl. They're upset that we're talking about Don Juan's. They are. They're coming to arrest us. No, they say they say the cover is no doubt offensive, regardless of intentions. <laughs> no, I mean they're right, but the it's music so, on the album is good. So good. Um, it is really good. We're sorry for liking it, guys. Yeah, sorry. Um, <laughs> um, okay, so this album, what would you rate this album out of 10? I'm curious. If I'm be okay, I want to give it an eight out of ten. <laughs> Am I being too generous? That's generous. Maybe a seven point five. I think I think seven point five is is lowest I'll go, but I think it's I think it's worth a seven point five at best. I'll give it a seven. Yeah. That's be gen- That's me being generous. Oh wow. Yeah. 
a seven is still kind of high it is high but uh, it's better than most people's albums ever so it's fine um what's your favorite song on this album Ooh, I really love Roses Blue, and I really like the gallery a lot. I know that's a hot take right now, but I really do like uh, those two. So we don't have any matching up with our favorite songs. Um, mine are either uh, Songs for Aging Children or um, Chelsea Morning. Okay, those are yeah. cute. I, those are all in my top five on this album, because yeah. there's like five good songs. Five, yeah, five, <laughs> five good ones. So what's your least favorite then? My least favorite is either the song about Midway or I think I understand. Really? I have a lot of least favorites, but I'm, if I had to pick two, I guess it's I think I understand and that song about the Midway. I also don't like the fiddle and the drum. Okay, well, that is a hot take. I'm sorry. What about the ballet? Maybe if I see the ballet, I'll like this song more. Oh, no, that ballet got critically panned. Wait, did it? Wait, was that the ballet? Is that from Shine, the ballet? Is that like where the Shine cover is from? It's where the Shine cover is from, but I'm pretty sure the ballet didn't go well, from what oh. I remember. But maybe it did. I don't know. Did Joni choreograph this ballet? <laughs> no. No, <laughs> she had a guy that she choreographed it with, um, some French guy. I don't remember his name. Can you imagine? She would. She would. She would step in there and she would be like, there's no Balinesian demons here. I'm going to criticize it. No, it was, it, it, no, or no, actually, no, she did an interview where she was like, and it was a war ballet, and men were on the, the men were on the edge of their seats, and it was intense, it was, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm pretty sure one of the songs in it was like the Three Great Stimulants. <gasps> Wait, really? Yeah. That's one of my favorite songs on Doggy Dog. Not yours? I, I, I like playing it on guitar, but it's not one of my faves. I like Good Friends. Do you like Good Friends? Yes, I love that song. I think that's my favorite on Dog. Oh, okay, we won't get into that yet. That's that's yeah, for like <laughs> 10 episodes from now. Yes. Um, well, that's Clouds. I mean, guys, I, we honestly, I feel like we were very nice to it. I feel like we were nicer than we could have been. I think we were nicer than we could have been too. Honestly, when I started listening to Clouds again, I was like, wait, maybe we won't be lashing it. And then the more I listened to it, the more I was like, yes, yes, we will be lashing it. We gave it a light lashing. We could have gone worse. Yeah, we could have given it a five out of ten. But yeah. we did. Well, I was close. I was really honest. <laughs> I looked at it and I was like, do I give this that low of a score? And I was like, no, I'll be nice. But um, yeah, I mean, that's clouds. But I'm telling you guys, the next episode is gonna be so much more, so much more thrilling, exciting, edge of your seat worthy. <laughs> the next episode until probably Wild Things Run Fast. I think we both like Wild Things Run Fast too, right? Uh, and I like Doggy Dog, so maybe when I listen to Doggy Dog, I like it more. I Honestly, say that every time. But... There isn't an album that we're gonna have that. I mean, maybe I, I guess there might be some, but like all the next Chalk Mark. I like Chalk Mark. Oh really? Yeah. I like hated Chalk Mark. I just no. don't like all the collabs. I, I oh wait, that is her collab album. I forgot she did do collabs. Yeah, Chalk Mark. <gasps> Those that's where she had all the features, but yeah. they weren't necessarily like written as features. But yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or like, oh my god, yeah, that's yeah. Well, we'll get into it. But um, so yeah, the next episode is going to be Ladies of the Canyon. But um, I hope you guys enjoyed our clouds review. We really tried to be gentle. Um, would you recommend people going back and listening to it? 
I think if you're a really big Joni fan or if you're like getting into her music, I think it's a worthwhile listen. But if you're already someone that really likes her music and you've already heard it before, I don't think it's worth going back to. No. And I think I think if you if you don't like this album the first or second time, I think that's okay. And I don't think you need to force yourself to like it. I think it's no. okay to put this one down and go to be back to Song to a Seagull or go to Ladies of the Canyon. Also, if you have a choice between this or anything in her later discography, like I'm talking about past Mingus, I'd say listen to that over this because I think those are more exciting. Uh, more exciting for sure. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like Turbulent Indigo eats this album up. Taming the Tiger too. Yeah. Yes. I think I think even, uh, what's it called? Why am I blanking? Chalk Mark. I think Chalk Mark eats this up too. I like, yeah. I mean, I have opinions. <laughs> you have opinions? I have so many opinions, but, um, but yeah, thank you guys for listening. We will um we will catch you guys next time on Ladies of the Canyon. Ladies of the Canyon. Yes. Okay, well, we're peacing out then. <laughs> See you next time, Queens. Yes. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>